0: News Network COVID critical race compliance mandates and conflicting stories about it all mask vaccine no the truth shall set you
1: free TNN
0: the truth news network with your host Dan Newman you heard that didn't you not intellect not education not political correctness but the truth will set you free Good morning everybody and welcome to the Truth News Network. Uh, that's not just accidental folks. We are the Truth News Network because what we do is we dig here to find those nuggets of truth that have been hidden. And boy, we don't have uh we don't have a loss of things to do in that regard, do we? I mean, it just goes up in intensity and in volume and number every day finding the truth is critical for us all and it becomes more and more difficult to find it but that doesn't diminish the fact that we got to keep trucking we got to keep looking so how are you doing today yep last day of the month six month of the year after the day rolls out in whatever time zone you're in today half the year is officially gone can you believe that half of 2021 We'll be looking in our rearview mirror at midnight tonight. What does that mean? I can tell you. It means a lot of things. It means half is gone. But if your glass is half full, it means, hey, we still have six months to roll in this year to get things done, to find ways to make life better. You know, I um, early this morning, I had a conversation about what we do when we look at our world, our circumstances, And it's so easy for us all to get caught up in the the bad stuff that we see. And folks, I know, I'm not diminishing it, there are a lot of bad things in our lives, in our nation, and people struggle with all kinds of difficulties, much of which is not at their own doing. Those are really tough situations to handle. It's tough to say, oh, okay, everything's going to be all right. When you're looking down the barrel of a 12-gauge shotgun, And it looks really bad on the other end. That happens to a lot of us. And folks, you're not alone. Whenever you're tempted to look at your circumstances and say, you know what, I don't know how anybody could handle this. I sure can't. You need to understand this. You're just one person of 330 million people in the United States of America. Oh, those are the ones that are here legally. The number is much higher than that if you count the illegals. I just thought I'd throw that in just for understanding. Illegals that are in the United States, just imagine what they face today. Did you know that at our southern border right now, what we have been able to verify so far is that 100 plus of these young illegal aliens that are at the southern border that came across primarily with coyotes and drug traffickers and human traffickers, they're not with their parents. But, of course, the Biden administration, you can't turn them back and send them back to Mexico or their nation of origin. Right now, you have to put them in these camps that they have scattered all over the southern border. 100 plus this morning, right now today, as we sign on at 9.03 Central Time, 100 plus are on Suicide Watch. Suicide Watch. Now, we're talking about 12-year-olds and younger are so horrified with the circumstances that have been fed to them. Nothing of their choosing, for sure. Their parents, maybe um, the drug cartels down in Central America and the nations in which they came from had something on mom and dad and said, we're going to take your kid. We'll pay you, but we're going to take your kid. Now, when we get to the United States, we're going to make a better life for them. And according to the Biden administration, you'll be able to reunite with them later. You'll be able to go up there. So these little six-year-olds, five-year-olds, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds, they're there and they're in these, I don't know what you call them. If, you, uh, if you're a Democrat, you will call them cages, and you'll blame the previous administration and Donald Trump for that. If you're a realist, you'll call them a structure to separate adults from kids and they're fences, not cages. Whatever you want to call it, these kids are there and they can't leave. facility they can hardly even get out of the rooms that they're in 24 7 and many of them have been there for months folks i know biden administration is telling all of us that they're very quickly pushing these kids out to foster care and agencies around the nation that's the storyline but it's not factual well how do you know it's not factual folks listen You in your life, your kids, in your family, your young kids as they grow old, when you look at them and watch them how they operate, when they hide something, that means there's something there they don't want you to see. Do you know how many times the Biden administration has let any member of the U.S. media go into these facilities and look at them? None. Not one time. Why would they do that? Why would they hide it? They don't want you and I or any other American to see. They don't want our neighbors around the world to see the horrors that are going on on their watch. They've got kids locked up. And let me tell you what, looking ahead, these kids, thankfully, they're not going to know and hear what I'm about to say to you. The Biden administration is even in the process of making this flood, this siege, this insurrection, whatever you want to call it at our southern border, They're feeding the fire to make it worse. How are they doing that, folks? The new budget that Joe Biden's put out there, it cuts the Border Patrol budget by a billion dollars. Now you would think with half a million illegals that have come across that we've been able to know factually they did come across half a million since he took the oath of office on january twentieth. How many more came that we didn't catch? Probably an equal number, but I'm just speculating. I don't have facts to show that, but let's just say it is only the 500,000, five, half a million folks, half a million. Now, border patrol, they're a big operation. I think they have 60 or 70,000 employees. Most of them are border patrol agents, but what has this administration done with most of those border patrol agents? We have thousands of these young people in these facilities scattered all across the southern border. And even some in facilities away from the southern border, they've got to be managed. The government is on its own, our federal government, the Biden administration is doing this arbitrarily. Somebody's got to be at these facilities and take care of these kids. Who do they hire to do that? They didn't hire any outside agencies. They re allocated border patrol agents so when those border patrol agents who have been trained they were hired trained taught and they've been protecting our border they've been patrolling our border duh now they're babysitters in daycare centers across the southern border so what does that mean that means the border's not being patrolled not even close to the way it used to be. Now, there are still some agents down there, but not not even close. I don't know a percentage. You know, what we do here is investigate and find facts and bring those facts to you. I can investigate all day long. We can look and ask and call, but unless the door's opened, we can't get information from this administration, and they certainly don't want you or me or any news agency on the national level to have any clue how bad it is down there. So they're not letting any of that information out purposely. Why would they hide it? Because they don't want us to see. They don't want us to know. Meantime, they keep letting the flood of illegals come into our nation. Now I'm going to start this show today by telling you something that's going to happen tomorrow. I was asked this, I guess a week ago. And it was a simple question, but I didn't have an accurate answer. I had to do some research. And tomorrow, our story, and on our show tomorrow, we're going to talk about exactly what this question can be answered with, and really the only way it can. You know, and we've talked about it here before, the federal government has unilateral authority to regulate and govern immigration in the United States of America. States don't have any immigration policing rights whatsoever. Now, typically throughout history, states work closely with the federal immigration authorities, and they kind of co-manage immigration at the borders of these individual states. Not so much anymore. In fact, quite honestly, folks, the federal government has closed the spigot of information and cooperation with every border state regarding immigration, California, Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. They're not asking for help. They're not expecting help or they would ask for it. But they are dominating infrastructure in these states, spending billions of state taxpayer dollars by forcing states to take all of the consequences that come along with all this mad rush of illegals. Many of which, remember, don't get caught by immigration authorities at the border. So what does that mean? They're going inland. They're going away from the southern border. They're going to streets and cities and villages all across the United States, principally down south. And so what happens then? Crime goes up instantly. Well, not don't maintain. Donald Trump got in big, big trouble when he talked about the Central American countries sending us the worst people there. I'm not talking about specific information, I'm saying it doesn't take a brain surgeon to understand that the fact that these people would just crawl or swim across the border into the United States, it doesn't look good for them, especially when they're doing it secretly and don't want to go to border patrol. They're hiding something, and in many cases, that's their past criminality. In fact, a bunch of their past criminality happened on U.S. soil when they were here before taking criminal actions to further their lives the way they do now how would you know that listen closely it is the most common way for people that are coming across the border if they want to really come here bring their kids their families to make a better life for themselves in the united states what's the first thing they do They go voluntarily to Border Patrol and turn themselves in because they know the Biden administration is going to take care of everything. Those that don't go to Border Patrol, that they don't honestly show what they're here for and what their plans are, are the ones that are suspects. So those are the ones that end up in just going into these cities. They'll start with cities like McAllen and Del Rio and El Paso. Uh, And and then over in New Mexico and Arizona and California, they'll go in and just integrate themselves into the community. They want to be ghosts. They want to go in and do what they have been doing before and do it below the radar screen. I'll never forget that sweet young woman. I can't remember her name now. She was in San Francisco Fisherman's Wharf Pier 39. Been there many times. I love that part of the city. I love San Francisco. I don't think I love the status it's in now, but I've loved San Francisco for decades. I was there last year. In fact, I was in actually central California in Modesto and had a uh, a red-eye flight out of Sacramento. And after, in the evening, afternoon, finished what we were doing in Modesto, we raced into San Francisco a couple hour drive and we went to Fisherman's Wharf just to have dinner before we drove to Sacramento to get on a flight. I love it that much. She was there down on the riverfront, the the bayfront, with her dad not doing anything but being touristy. And an illegal had found a gun, shot and killed her. Now, that's bad enough. I can't even think of it being worse. That family lost a daughter in a split second she wasn't doing anything wrong her father was right there with her middle of the day she was shot and killed by an illegal immigrant the saddest thing was he had been deported 5 times previously 5 times well how could he get back in and how could he be there to do this again it's because the no border politicians that run the state of california they're dead set against immigration law, period. Dead set against it. And because of that, they would not hold this man. In fact, the process has always been local police operations, when they find and catch illegal immigrants, they take them into custody, and then they notify ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. And if that person has a previous record, they're turned over to ICE for deportation process. All of that's legal. All of that's legitimate. California, the state, San Francisco, the city, uh uh-uh. They won't even notify ICE. So this guy murdered this young woman, murdered her. Was it first degree, second? It doesn't matter, folks. She was innocent. Somebody that wasn't supposed to have a gun, somebody that wasn't even supposed to physically be in the United States, took that gun, shot, and killed her. And if the law had been enforced the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth, if law had been enforced but wasn't in California, she wouldn't be dead today. So why are you talking about this, Dan? We know that. I told you tomorrow, here's what we're going to do. Instances like that. Why didn't the state of California why didn't they enforce their California immigration laws why didn't the police force in San Francisco why didn't they cooperate with federal officials law enforcement immigration people and turn that man over to ICE for deportation why was he let it back into the US five times why Why, why, why? So the question I told you I was asked, what can we as the American people do about our government people not enforcing laws that are on the books? That would mean our government people, those that we elect, that they hire, we elect and they hire at the local level, those at the state level that are hired by our state government and become part of the state government, and the federal government. Now, who is in charge of all the laws and stuff? Well, we know that in a local level is a city council, um, a parish or county governing body, a state government legislature, and, of course, the United States Congress. Those are the entities that make laws. Now, everybody in that process that is elected, without Without a single exception, every one of them takes an oath when they're hired, when they're elected, they take an oath to defend and support the U.S. Constitution and the laws of whatever entity they're going to work for. So how can we hold any or all of them accountable for the fact that they're not abiding by their oaths of office? Now, remember, we went into this and I told you the federal government has unilateral authority and constitutional responsibility to enforce the immigration laws that are passed by the United States Congress. So, Joe Biden's not enforcing the law. Kamala Harris is not enforcing the law. Nancy Pelosi is not enforcing the law. Chuck Schumer, not enforcing the law. In California, Gavin Newsom's not enforcing the laws of the federal government and California. San Francisco, the same thing. What recourse do we have? There are some. And I'm just giving you a heads up, folks. We're going to get into that tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. First thing, the story will be up Um, It's still in formation. I can't tell you the title, but it will be tomorrow's story when you pull up the the homepage of truthnewsnet.org. It'll be right there. Don't you dare miss it. Coming up on the show today in our second hour, former Senator John Milkovich will be with us. Today's a huge day in Louisiana history. He'll tell you more about it, but let me tell you why you need to, Jen ish circle back and make sure you're here between... 10 and 11 o'clock, 10 and 11 o'clock, sometime 10, 15, 10, 20, he's going to be here because we're going to talk about that huge thing that is happening today in the state of Louisiana. And the reason we're talking about it on this show is not just because I'm a Louisianian. It's because what's happening here is happening around the United States. And it has to do with our election system. Now, Louisiana's always been a, red, not always, but pretty much always been a red state. We vote Republican. We have a Republican Congress uh, legislature. We only have one Democrat state representative from down south. The rest of the state is Republican. The governor is a Democrat, John Bell Edwards. I, 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 the only way I can ever justify that and explain it to people out of the state, y'all vote Republican every time. Why do you have a Democrat governor? It's because, folks, we have two big suburban areas in the state, Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Both of those are below I-10. Southeast Louisiana is very leftist, especially New Orleans. Baton Rouge, not so much, but getting much more leftist. And because of the population there, the big election, state election every four years is for governor, and they control the ballot box there. Well, the ballot box control is what is under contention right now. Believe it or not, our state legislature has passed an election reform bill. Now, listen to what it does. We have a Republican Secretary of State here, Kyle. And I won't even get into his last name because I don't want him to get hate calls. But anyway, our Secretary of State is very Republican. This bill that was crafted in large part by him is a Dominion election system bill. So here's what's in the in the balance here. Here's what's been passed. If John Bill Edwards, our governor, doesn't veto that bill, today is the last day to do it. What's going to happen is that law goes into effect. Listen to what the law does. It gives the Secretary of State, whoever it is at the time, unilateral authority with a hand-picked committee that is hand-picked by the Secretary of State to determine who's what's when and where's about who we hire as a state to get involved in our election system that sounds benign i mean it makes sense listen to what it really means dominion dominion is breathlessly waiting at the door they have made a proposal that went through our senate went through our house of representatives And there's a lot of things hidden in that bill that hadn't hit the press. And when I tell you what it is, you'll understand why. John Milkovich is going to be here, state senator. He's going to talk more about it in detail, but basically what it is. The system that Dominion is planning on selling us on a new system, it includes new voting machines. But here's one of the horrors of the thing. These voting machines don't have the ability to be audited after the fact at the local voting machine level so how will they ever be able to audit it all of the data after each election is uploaded to a dominion server somewhere out in the blogosphere well we'll just we'll just subpoena them and we'll we'll audit it from wherever they are well let me tell you about that Let's point over to our neighbors a little bit farther west, like uh, Arizona, uh, like Maricopa County, which is Phoenix. What's going on right now? The state legislature in Arizona hired a firm to come in and audit the Maricopa County election process from last November 3rd. And the state locked everything up. The voting machines... The system, everything, locked up. Paper ballots been in secured situation since then until this company they hired from outside comes in to audit it. Well, they've completed, we we were told over the weekend, they've completed the paper ballot audit. That would be mail-in ballots and absentee ballots. But they're having a little problem with the electric audit of the votes that were cast in Dominion election machines. And why is that? All of that was uploaded to a Dominion server. And so the Senate demanded, I mean, they 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 went to court. <laughs> they said, you've got to let us audit that stuff. That's our, that's our state property. Here's the position that Dominion has taken. No, it's not. It's online. It's electronic. That is Dominion's intellectual property. We own it and we're not giving you the passwords for those machines you have out there because Those passwords are part of the intellectual property that we own. So we're looking at having that exact same system here in Louisiana. And the people in Louisiana have been pretty much kept in the dark. Why is that? I don't have access at Truth News Network. I don't have access to the ears and eyes of every citizen in the state of Louisiana. And so guess what? We have newspapers and radio stations in New Orleans, in every town and city in South Louisiana, Baton Rouge, North Louisiana, Monroe, Shreveport, Bossier City. But pretty much all those radio stations and newspapers are owned by big corporations, like Gannett. (laughs) Out-of-state, big market-owned, and very, very leftist. This is just an example of exactly what is underway one at a time around the nation. Taking control of every aspect of our election system and it doesn't matter what we think happened. It doesn't matter if we have thousands of people come out of voting machines and tell us then, here's who we voted for and we write them down in their names. And after the election is over, we say, wait a minute. We got everybody to tell us who they voted for. Well, the election electronic election results are different than that well we need to audit the results nope can't do it it's been uploaded somewhere else in fact if you remember correctly the big lie they called it they're still calling it the big lie from January 6th we told you and we posted publicly the video that documented in more than an hour with details with facts on screen showing exactly what happened around the nation and all of these dominion voting machine and voting election process online all of that information ballots everything went uploaded to europe where it could be it was manipulated and most Americans, when they see and understand and know what happened, believe they were manipulated to impact the results. To what degree? What would have been the outcome? We'll probably never know. But that's the environment this House of Representatives, U.S. House of Representatives, H.R. 1 bill, that they passed and sent it over to the Senate. It became Senate S-1. They're trying desperately, the Democrats are, to push it down the throats of their Republican counterparts over there for the our federal government to take total control of everything election-related in every state. In other words, what they want, folks, is that system that I just described to you that's already in place in Arizona. Looks like unless God intervenes today in Louisiana, it's going to be in place here going forward. How many other states? They want it to be every other state. We're in a bad way, folks. And then, of course, if anybody even brings up election fraud. They just pounce on them. The big lie, the big lie. Well, listen to this. Just to the west of me, Texas, they're going to have a special legislative session. It's set to start July the 8th. And the governor there has made, in that special session, election reform a big priority. Attorney General Ken Paxton announced yesterday, listen to this, folks. Right now, In the state of Texas, from the November 3rd election, there are more than 500 election fraud cases pending in court today in Texas. More than 500. There's no fraud. That's a conspiracy theory. There's no fraud in elections. Ken Paxton, the attorney general, said, we'll prosecute voter fraud every time we find it. Currently, we have in our office over 500 cases waiting to be heard in court. Voter fraud is real, he said. And Texans deserve to know their vote is legally and securely counted. So let me ask you this. I don't don't know where you're listening from. You may be overseas. We have a lot of people that listen in every day, and I thank you for doing that. And what I want you to do is continue, because you're going to learn here at Truth News Network, the good and the bad of being in the United States, being a citizen of, and having what formerly was and has been for a couple of centuries a free and fair election system nationwide, you're looking at totalitarian, and they want to couch it as socialist, but it's really totalitarianism controlled by an authoritarian government take over. Watch what happens here. Watch... How Americans respond and tomorrow folks we're going to tell you how you can engage yourself to tackle in some way in some form this horror that we're talking about here that looks like Louisiana is headed in that direction. John Milkovich joins us in our second hour. Don't go away. There's much much more between now and then at TNN Live.
2: Out for some lays and you a test which tasty chip will be the best
0: sour cream and onion smoky barbecue cheddar sour cream salt and vinegar too you sample them all cause the crisp is so
1: good
2: on your lips yeah
0: you left your wallet at home but now you have a new best friend the many flavors of Lay's
1: chips one taste and you're in love hi I'm Greg owner and founder of steel frame spots. Due to unusually short fingers, which are a characteristic of my family line, I was unable to play sports at the elite level I would have liked to. Instead, I invested my energy into getting you the lowest prices possible on athletic gear. Unlike the local sports teams, you can count on us every year. I fight every day to get you the best deals. I'll never drop the ball on prices, and that's because low prices and my customers' happiness ...are not affected by the short fingers mentioned earlier in the advertisement. Just remember, when the game's on the line, who do you count on? Steel frame spots. that That's who. Uh, t- uh, check out our ad in the weekly nickel. <laughs> Uh-oh.
0: Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Leslie, guess what today is?
3: It's hump day. (laughs) Woo-woo! Ronnie, how happy are folks who save hundreds of dollars switching to Geico? I'd say happier than a camel on Wednesday. Hump day!
1: Get happy. Get Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Disruptive may be just another overused buzzword, but disruptions in business like network downtime, data loss, social media abuse, and limited bandwidth are downright disruptive. For businesses large or small, Barracuda Networks offers powerful, affordable, yet easy to implement content security, application delivery, and data protection solutions, all designed to prevent disruptions and simplify IT. For an online demo or to try any of our security or storage solutions risk-free for 30 days, visit barracuda.com disruptive
0: truth, justice, the TNN way. This is TNN, the Truth News Network. And again, Dan Newman. Just trying to put together the pieces today because we want to make sure we bring you the best, most current, and the most important details to give you information so that you can make decisions educated. We don't want you out there just swinging from for the benches, uh, for the bleachers, folks, because uh, it's always better when you shoot it with a rifle, which means one billeted bullet at one bullseye, instead of with a shotgun where everything's going to scatter around. So we have a lot to get into today. Do you know who Jennifer Granholm is? Have you heard the name? She's President Biden's energy secretary now. She um, she was appointed, and she was. Confirmed by the Senate pretty easily because she's been around a long time and people know who she is. Well, yesterday she was on CNN and they were talking about the problem, the horrors that have happened at that condominium collapse in Miami, Florida. She was on the show at CNN Newsday. She was asked if climate change's impact on extraordinary tides played a role in that. Now, she's not a scientist, but she is in the Biden administration. That brings instant credibility, doesn't it? Automatically. It doesn't matter where you came from, who you are, what you know, what your specialties have been in private life or in government previously, that doesn't matter. All that matters is you're the Secretary of Energy right now. So listen to Ms. Granholm's conversation on CNN about climate change. That's right, did you know climate change is what's happening on the beaches in Miami right now? How do I know that? Listen to the energy secretary.
4: In terms of in terms of climate, you brought up what's happening, what we're seeing in the Pacific Northwest. Um, we've been talking a lot about what happened in Florida at the Surfside condominium building that collapsed. We don't know exactly what happened at this point. But given what we know about the changing climate, given that we've seen an increase in these so-called extraordinary tides and the impact that that can have in areas like South Florida, do you think that climate could have played a role in that building's collapse? Well, obviously we don't know fully, but we do know that that the seas are rising. I mean, we know that we're losing inches and inches of beaches, not just in Florida, but all around. Um, you know, Lake Michigan, where I'm from, they you know we've seen. The loss of beaches because the, the waters are rising. So, you know, this is a phenomenon that will continue. Whether it ha- We'll have to wait to see what mm-hmm. the analysis is for this building. But the issue about resiliency and making sure we adapt to this changing climate, that's going to mean levees need to be built. That means seawalls need to be built. That means infrastructure needs to be built. We need to make sure that we invest enough in clearing out the forests so we don't have these weather events. We need to invest in hardening our transmission lines, maybe burying wires so that we can protect areas that are like tinderbox dry. There's so much investment that we need to do to protect ourselves from climate change, but also to address it and mitigate it. And hopefully these infrastructure bills, when taken together, will make a huge step and allow America to lead again. Secretary Grant, I'm good to have you with us this morning. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. Let's put in context what the secretary said there. There was a lot. I guess basically the big truth that came out of it was in her first sentence. When she was asked about, did climate change have anything to do with the condominium collapse in Miami? She said, well, we don't know the details yet. But, and then she launched into the hypothetical. The hypothetic in this administration is everything they can muster to try to sell some kind of package that's going to cost trillions of dollars to the American taxpayers. Now she talked about she's from Michigan and the beaches. Oh my gosh, the water levels are rising. Okay, let me let me just ask you this. There is no scientific proof of the source of any water rising in the oceans in the United States. It has been rising very minimally. Long term, of course, if it rises too much, it's going to change the look of the shores of every continent on planet Earth. That's just the way science works. But what she actually was intimating without saying it is we're going to have to stop that from happening. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to put levees around every ocean on earth, every piece of land that borders on water. And according to Granholm, she's talking about doing the same thing on not a coastline. Michigan doesn't have, they don't touch an ocean. She's talking about the Great Lakes. So every inside the outside border of countries where there's water, We've got to build support to keep the water from coming in where we don't want it to come. Do you think that's even humanly possible? No, it's not. And it's asinine to even say so. And for that conversation to come up in the context of that collapsed building down there, why hasn't every building or why hasn't a couple of dozen other ones? And there are hundreds along that side of Miami Beach and north from there to Surfside, where this is about 30 miles north, and even further up north on the east coast of Florida and then there's Georgia and then there's South Carolina then there's North Carolina then there's Virginia oh my gosh then you go up and you're in New Jersey and New York and Connecticut and Maine it just goes on and on and on and way over there that Massachusetts place it just goes on and on and on and on so what is their purpose what is their plan I will bet you that no conversation has happened at the Department of Energy, and I'm guessing, I'm assuming, to discuss the specifics of what even the possibilities are regarding changing climate. Human beings changing climate, that's never happened before, but it's always been discussed as this—it's a scientific fact that we do control our climate. We don't. There are parts of our environmental issues that we can change. And we've seen that happen historically in the last 30, 40 years. Pollution. Both intranation and internationally. In other words, both inside our country and outside our country. We can do that. We can fix pollution, which in its its forms when it comes out, It'll keep our water pure. It'll keep bad, bad garbage and trash from leaking into our environment through the soil. There's a lot of good that comes out of that. And we're doing it. In fact, no other country on earth has reduced its pollution over the last two decades, percentage-wise, none, even remotely close to that that we've accomplished here in the United States. They won't mention that. They don't want to talk about that because that's a concrete thing that we can look at. You know that fact thing that we use to make educated intellectual decisions about moving forward? We look at the past to learn from it. Oh, don't go down that road with this administration. Don't take any facts. Listen to us. You don't have the intellectual possibility. Any of the necessary intellect to think through and come up with real answers. And then if you get real answers, even if you did it on your own, you don't have the power or authority to do anything about it. We do. So sit down, shut up, and listen to us. You don't even need to bother to waste your time at trying to figure something out. Just wait for us to tell you about it. That's where they're headed. I I will say this about this administration. The most obvious things that are showing their ugly head every day. And every time I see and hear them, I just shake my head. Where are these people coming from with these far out ideas? I'm talking about ideas that are way beyond the very hidden for dozens and dozens of years United UFOs. They've been hidden. We've known they were around and they've been hidden by our government. way bigger than that is what they're talking about in this climate change thing it's so vague there is so little factual information and yet they want to spend trillions not billions trillions of dollars on what their ideas not the science they're the ones that beat us over the head with that ad nauseum for the last year and a half you got to listen to the science. You got to listen to the science. And they say, well, the scientists say this about climate change. No, 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 no. Some scientists do. For every hundred scientists that say climate change is ultimate impactful on America and the rest of the world, there are a hundred scientists that also, based on scientific fact and expression, that it's not manipulatable by the people of any ilk. So there's no scientific fact. There's no proof. Yet they want us to go out on a whim. And everything they've told us about this, they used to call it something different than climate change. Back in the the 80s, it was the impending ice age. That was the environmental thing they were on for 10 years, folks. Ice age. They won't talk about that anymore. When the ice age didn't happen, they just very quietly morphed into global warming so for about 15 years the environmentalist went global warming global warming global warming look the temperature on earth has risen a half a degree in the last 50 years OMG we're gonna fry we got to stop this and if we don't what was the year 2004 2002 I forget now because they never came to pass we're gonna die We're going to die. The temperatures are going to be way above where plants can survive and produce food. Animals won't be able to run free. We won't be able to raise cattle for meat. Oh, I mean, they painted every negative possible to try to get us to sign on to global warming. And then when that failed, Al Gore, (laughs) he took the reins. And he changed it to climate change. That way, that's an all-in. It doesn't matter if it's wet, if it's dry, if it's hot, if it's cold. We can call it all climate change. So we can use that term to sell all of these sycophantic ideas to the people of our nation and get their tax dollars in perpetuity. That's what this is all about, folks. And I tell you what, if it's not all about that, I hope it's not. But if it's not all about that, give me some facts. Give me some proof. Scientific, uncontroverted facts. And I'm all in with that. I'm a facts kind of guy. Let me give you a fact that'll blow your mind. It has nothing to do with the environment or the climate or climate change or anything. The Democrat Party have another spending plan. And nobody's talking about it. In their budget, the Biden budget, they plan to spend $870 million for border security. What a great idea. That makes sense. Finally, it sounds like they're coming around. No, 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 no. Listen. They're going to do that. They're going to spend $870 million U.S. taxpayer dollars for border security in the Middle East. No funding for the U.S. border wall. million for a host of Middle Eastern countries. (laughs) While they're stripping the funds for construction of our border wall, even that money that the previous Congress voted allocated it to build the southern wall. And there's litigation pending at the federal level. Joe Biden, nor any other president, has constitutional authority to not abide regarding spending that is approved by Congress. Congress has unilateral control. They have the power of the purse. Yesterday, the House Appropriations Committee, they released their Department of Defense funding bill. It included that $870 million in taxpayer dollars for border security in Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman. And of all that $870 million, $150 million will go to Jordan to help quote "enhanced border security there. <laughs> 150 million to Jordan. 500 million to be used to provide assistance to the government of Jordan to support the armed forces of Jordan and to enhance security along its border. So that's up to 650 million to Jordan. So while they're spending all our money over there, An accompanying Department of Homeland Security budget released by House Democrats yesterday, it strips all funding for construction of our border wall at the border with Mexico. Specifically, listen to this, the DHS budget takes away the previously appropriated $2.06 billion specifically for border wall construction. It provides no funding now for additional Border Patrol agents. And remember, we told you in our opening, they've taken 70% of our existing Border Patrol agents away from Border Patrol. (laughs) And they're manning these kid facilities scattered across the southern border while the Biden administration tries to figure out what the heck they're going to do with those kids. 100 plus are today, this morning, in those facilities, these kids on suicide watch. They don't want to talk about that. And the illegals now, with all this information, they love to hear this. Most of those illegals, you now back in their Central American countries, and folks don't forget, they're not just coming from Honduras, El Salvador, what's the other one? Guatemala. They're not coming from just there. We have intercepted, we being the Border Patrol, has intercepted illegal immigrants storming. Across our southern border, trying to get into the United States from 160 different countries, and so the calls are going out. Hey, look, the Biden administration—they're there. They've promised. In fact, I read a story today, yesterday. It had a, um, it had the um, the written script of radio ads that are running in Guatemala, and the context of the radio ads were. The Biden administration is opening the doors. If you were ever in the United States illegally and you got turned away, the Biden administration is saying you can come on back. There's a sign out there, (laughs) and it says we want everybody, legal or illegal. And now it's pretty obvious there's more than that. We really want you to come if you're illegal. Don't get involved in this legal immigration thing. That's only going to waste a lot of your time. We'll take care of it. We'll take care of all the facts and details and documentation. Just come on up. When you look at this and put it in context with everything else that's going on in Washington, folks, you come up with some really, really strong probabilities now I'm not talking about possibilities. I'm not talking about theories. You can't explain any of this in a justifiable perspective. You can't do it. It's all fomenting, suborning illegal activity. There's no other way to put it. And so they, being the left, the Democrat Party, they're self-proclaimed purveyors, of righteousness, of tolerance, of unification. And it's anything but that, folks. None of that is in there. You can't look at what's happening from the way they are targeting everybody that thinks differently from them. You don't do that. That's not something you as a political party are supposed to do in a nation that is founding on equal justice for all. You don't use racism to cure racism. You don't use illegality, criminal illegality, to cure criminal illegality. You don't do it. You don't use hatred to cure hatred. But they are. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, he gave a great speech yesterday on the floor of the House. He proclaimed that the Democrat Party today has not evolved from its days of supporting slavery, which they did, Jim Crow laws, which they did, and the Ku Klux Klan, which they founded, because today the Democrat Party supports critical race theory. Here's what he said. Democrats are desperate to pretend their party has progressed from their days of supporting slavery, pushing Jim Crow laws, and supporting the KKK. But today, the Democrat Party has simply replaced the racism of the clam with the racism of critical race theory. Hmm. In a tweet yesterday, he included a video of him addressing Congress in which he elaborated on how Democrats have not stopped endorsing racist ideas. Just a few days, years ago, he said. Then Vice President Joe Biden... Did you forget about this? He praised former Democrat senator from West Virginia, Robert Byrd. Now, who was Robert Byrd? You may have forgotten this if you ever knew it. He was the exalted Cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan. In other words, in the state of West Virginia, he was the guy in the KKK. He ran it all. And in Byrd's eulogy at his funeral, Biden said this, quote, for a lot of us, he was a friend, a mentor, and a guide. And somebody else that was up on the podium praising Byrd was Speaker Pelosi. She called Robert Byrd a friend, a great person, and a great American patriot. Today, the Democrat Party has only doubled down on their history, folks. They want everybody to forget about it. it. just blows my mind. All of the stuff regarding the Democrats' use of people of color through decades, and through two gener- generations, it's right there. It's in your face. They voted against giving slaves freedom constitutionally. They voted against it, an amendment to permanently do away, abolish slavery. They voted against it. Everybody thinks they've been telling people for generations it was the Republicans, those evil people in the South, those white people. Those are the slave owners. That's the party of slavery and totalitarianism. When it's their party, and it's verifiable in history, folks, I don't care what history books you read, it shows that. And then they voted against giving slaves citizenship. It took the Republican Party to give them citizenship, then to give them the right to vote, then to give women the right to vote. The Civil Rights Act of 1963, which is the crown, they say, of civil rights that the Democrats gave, and that put African Americans up at a level where they can achieve the same things now as white people always have. They couldn't pass it with Democrats. Lyndon Johnson is president, a Democrat. He had to go cut deals with the Republicans, and more Republicans voted for the Civil Rights Act of 1963 than did Democrats. Those are facts, folks. But don't ever let facts get in the way of a political perspective, a narrative that we've got to we got to use to get our way and to fool people into thinking we're something other than who we are we call that in the united states of america democrat party line and it's written in history what does that mean pharaoh <laughs> in the movie ten commandments he put it so succinctly so it is written so let it be done we're here asking people from all over what they think of lifting green
1: tea. Let's hear what people from Texas have to say. Mmm mm. How about China? Mmm. Germany? Mmm. How about people from the North Pole? Mmm. Or Mars? What about mimes? Oh, right. People with their jaws wired shut? Oh. Yeah, a barbershop quartet. Mm. Mm. You guys are great. How about race car drivers? Mm, 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 mm. What about you, High School Glee Club, here on a field trip? Mm, 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 mm. Well, that settles it. It sounds like everyone loves the taste of Lipton Green Tea. With its protective antioxidants from real tea, it's not just good for you, it's mmm to you. Lipton Tea can do that. A divorce lawyer should be more than just a lawyer. Divorce is like no other experience, especially for guys. At Cordell & Cordell, our clients want a partner standing next to them. Someone they can trust. Someone who understands where they are and how to get them out. We are the attorneys of Cordell & Cordell. We are advisors and advocates for men before, during, and after divorce. We are Cordell & Cordell. A partner. Men can count. To schedule your appointment, give us a call or visit us online at cordellcordell.com. Summer seems even brighter when you've been inside a while. It's time to drive again with Honda, KBB.com's 2020 Best Value Brand. You could get a great deal on the 2020 Passport or 2020 Pilot, with financing as low as 0.9% APR on select models. Visit the Honda Summer Clearance Event today.
2: For well-qualified buyer, see dealer for financing details based on 2020 brand From Kelly image. McCallie, Blue Book. Visit KBB.com for more information.
0: Taking the time to speak the truth, no matter the cost. Dan Newman, TNN, The Truth News Network. While we're talking about gross misrepresentations by a political party, the Democrat Party, let's um, let's just mention something that just burst on the news scene this week. And I think it started, first we heard it from the podium in the White House press briefing room with uh, Press Secretary Jen Psaki. She was asked about the criminality around the nation, how crime has just gone through the roof. And people are defunding the police, and they're anti this and anti that, and they can't. Forces can't get enough cops to come replace those that are retiring or resigning, changing careers. And she actually made a statement that just kind of blew a lot of people's minds she was addressing a claim that this is all happening under and on the watch of the Biden administration and that Democrats in large have been the ones that have been promoting defunding the police, defunding the police. I mean, we've seen it happen. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, everybody, even politicians left and right. We could play a potpourri of audio or video bites right now. I saw a couple overnight on different news outlets of Democrats in Congress that are specifically saying we need to defund the police, defund the police. Saki actually said, (laughs) she said from the podium that it's the Republican Party that has been the defunding police gang, that the Biden administration and the Democrat Party, they're all for the cops, full support of it. And even during his campaign, I watched video of the former vice president talking about defunding the police, and we need to, his term was reallocate funds, which basically means cutting the people that walk the beat, you know, the real cops, the ones that address crime, and replacing them with pocket protector people. (laughs) Who are those? Those are those socially enlightened folks that are anti-Second Amendment and they don't believe in violence to begat a way to stop violence that you go talk somebody out of being a criminal. So let me tell you how they put in con. They doubled down on what they said Monday, yesterday, all day long. Let me tell you the justification. You're going to love this. Saki was questioned about it. Well, what are you talking about? Defunding the police. And she said, well, they voted against funding it. The Biden administration wanted to give police more budget, more money as part of the COVID-19 bill. And the Republicans voted against it. Folks, I went and looked at that $1.9 trillion COVID-19 bill, that last one that they did. Not a single Republican voted for it. Well, those evil Republicans. That bill included money, lots of money for law enforcement. Folks, there wasn't a dime in the bill that even mentioned anything about funding police. The reason Republicans voted for that bill was more than half of it went to funding the cities and state governments around the nation, all governed by Democrats. Their budgets are upside down. They're in deficit spending, some of them over a billion dollars in debt. You and I, taxpayers, we are tapped to bail them out That's the only reason why Republicans voted against it, because they wanted to vote for a COVID-19 stimulus relief bill. That bill was very little of that. There were some bits and pieces in there, but the Democrats refused to pull all of that out, put it on the table, and vote on only COVID-19 relief stuff. They threw in all the riffraff, you know, that bridge to nowhere kind of thing that they bring up every election cycle. Nothing of substance there. So Biden himself yesterday, he said, hey, we want those uh, police forces from around the agent, uh, the, the nation, the, in those states and in those cities, they got that money. We want them to reallocate some of that money to the police. So after he said that, that legitimized what White House Communications Director Jen Psaki said, the Republicans voted against funding those police. In other words, she drew a line, and even though it never was part of the bill, it was never mentioned until this week when it began to really look like Americans, and if you look at the polls that are out there, go to Rasmussen.com and look at what people in America say about defunding the police. Folks, the number is at this particular level. I don't Let, let me see if I can pull it up real quickly. I don't want to misstate what the number is. Rasmussen, Rasmussen. Here we go. If it comes up here, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Hmm, hmm. 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 I read it yesterday. I can't. I can't find it, folks. But a huge majority, more than two thirds of the American people believe we should not. Defund the police. So when these polls begin to get to that direction, all of a sudden Democrats are saying, hey, wait a minute. Americans, they're against our thought. They don't want to defund the police. We need to change the narrative. So that's exactly what they did. They didn't change the substance of what they were talking about, they changed the narrative. And they have to have a thug in everything that they come out against, it has to be personalized. It can't be something ethereal being evil and unjustifiable. They have to label that, the responsibility for that evil thing, on somebody. Who are the willing targets for this Democrat party? Republicans, conservatives. So they even resort to telling ball-faced lies on national television in national press conferences that the Republicans are the party of defund the police. When everybody knows that's not factual, it's not factual. Folks, let me just say this. You can't do it. I mean, you you could, but you don't have time to do it. It would consume a huge part of your life. What am I talking about? Documenting the lies that come out of this administration. And I mean, I'm not talking about interpret what they mean lies. I'm talking about ball face lies. They say it's blue when it's actually yellow. That kind of lie. One after another. And the media give them a pass every time. And whenever they change, the media just changes along with them. It doesn't matter how many times places like Truth News Network grabs the hypocrisy pieces and tell you here's what he said two days ago and here's what he's saying today and they're at 180 degrees from each other which means it's a ball-faced lie one of them is anyway you can't do that you don't have time to do that and they know that so they use that against all of us they use that because somebody that doesn't know what actually happened they're tuning in both of those cnn listeners (laughs) And watchers that were over there this morning, they heard that come out, and they just say, "Well, you know what? Maybe I heard it wrong. Maybe I thought it was Democrats, but it really—it's it, those evil Republicans that are wanting to defund the police. They weaponize that against us. And this president does the same thing. Let me give—let me give you an example of that. He was—he uh, was in Wisconsin yesterday, Joe Biden." And uh, he got to the podium and anytime Joe Biden gets to the podium you know there's a um, there's a script for everything that he's supposed to say and his teleprompter sometimes when it goes on the blink or he can't see it or whatever it becomes extremely obvious the guy doesn't have a clue but he got off script a little bit yesterday and I heard part of his speech and at Several particular points in it, I know his handlers just cringed at what he was saying. I don't know if you remember this, but he promised when he was campaigning that on his watch, his administration would cut U.S. child poverty in half. He said he was going to do it. How was he going to do it, he didn't say. Well, yesterday he reminded people how much he and how much poverty he was going to drive away for our kids. Here's the president.
5: So we changed the law this year and it's cutting child poverty by 40% and here in Wisconsin by July 15th we're going to start people, they're going to be picking up on and calling you and say thanks God they're going to get checks from the IRS here's what it is for every child you have
0: under the age of 6 you're going to get $3,600 you yeah, he heard him say he said we passed this bill that we're going to cut child poverty by 40% not 50% by 40%. Now, if Donald Trump had done that, it would have been front-page news on a headline on the New York Times and the Washington Post. It would have been all over CNN and MSNBC and ABC, CBS and NBC News, the broadcast networks, but not with Uncle Joe. And he continued with some bits, some nuggets of wisdom for us
5: and for every child under the age of between over the age of 12 you're going to get $3,000 so you'll actually get a cash payment instead of just a credit against your taxes because you don't pay that many taxes if you're if you're making you're making the minimum wage or you're making $20, 30, 40,000 a year and people say well that's a giveaway hey guys i think it's time to give ordinary people a tax break
0: I think it's time to give ordinary people a tax break. And so what I did was I lied, and you're too stupid to have caught me in a lie. You don't know the difference between 40% and 50%, and it doesn't matter anyway because we're going to do what we want to do. Facts don't matter to this administration. Facts don't matter to the Democrat Party. And i got to be honest with you. Lying and cheating and misrepresentation, it's not exclusive to the Democrat Party. It's not exclusive to just federal members of government up there either. It's almost, and this is the scary part of this, it's almost become normalized and everybody takes for granted that everybody in government's going to lie. Everybody in government's going to cheat. Everybody in government is going to steal. Everybody today, almost with very few exceptions, Everybody today, when you talk about money and income, they look at serving in the U.S. House of Representatives in the United States Senate. That's a panacea. That's, that's a job. Uh, it's something that everybody wants to be when they grow up. You know, I want my son to serve because they make so much money. So let me tell you this. The base salary for a member of the House of Representatives is 170 grand. Now, that sounds like a lot of money. Oh, my gosh. And then on top of that, they get an office allowance. Uh, they have all kind of benefits that come along with that. So the real number in compensation probably goes well over 200000 That's a lot of money. Everybody wants that. But you know what? There are 435 members that are getting paid that right now in the House of Representatives. 435. Of those 435, I don't have a real number. But let me, just, let me just give you my consensus of how they're going to finish economically when it is they ever leave the U.S. Congress. And many of them, they want to leave the House of Representatives and walk across to the other side to the U.S. Senate because they make more money over there. And it's more prestigious. And it comes with more power. Oh, wait a minute. i got to say it right. It comes with more. Almost every one of them that come out of Washington, out of government, out of Congress, are multimillionaires when they leave. So how do they do that? It, there's a host of ways. It comes primarily with the lots of opportunities, a lots of benefits and opportunities and things they can get involved in that you and I can't that are moneymakers. Some of them are just straight, hardcore, legitimate, straight up. But most of them, folks, have to do with political partisanship. It has to do with the fact that there are about 60 law firms on K Street, around the corner from the White House. K Street is a location, it's known worldwide as being the headquarters for all the United States government lobbyists. Those people that work for these major corporations around the world that want the good things and even the bad things of their company to be put in front of American lawmakers because maybe they have something they want to put forward that needs some legislative action taken on it right now. And even if it doesn't mean we need it right now, they're going to need something like that. They're going to need access to some members of Congress later on. So how do they do that? They pay these hellacious retainer fees to this lobbyist law firm and those people make millions of dollars in the firm. Let me give you an example. Louisiana. I know a little bit about Louisiana, a little more than I know about other states because I live here. You remember Robert Livingston. Oh, he's been gone a long time. He was, he was a, a heavyweight in the Republican Party in the U.S. House of Representatives, a member of Congress for a long time from South Louisiana. He was caught up in some financial wrongdoing and also some immorality. And he resigned from Congress in disgrace. Guess where Livingston is today? Bob Livingston is one of the leading lobbyists on K Street in Washington, D.C. And he makes several million dollars a year, far more than he made when he served in the U.S. Congress. You remember U.S. Representative Jefferson? African-American guy from the New Orleans area. He was caught up in a financial bribery case the fbi raided his ha- his home and found a brick of hundred dollar bills in his freezer bribes jefferson is a lobbyist that's kind of like where you go what does every politician do when they leave they don't go home they go to k street this is our government today Now, remember I told you tomorrow our story and we're going to discuss on our show about how American citizens, everyday American citizens, can hold our elected officials responsible for not enforcing the rule of law purposely and egregiously and very obviously ignoring the laws that are duly passed by local, state, and federal legislatures and signed into law by mayors, governors, and presidents. I told you John Milkovich is going to join him. I think this is John on the phone. Let's see if it is. Hello there. Hang on just a second.
5: Your time. Now I got you.
0: Hi, Senator. How you doing? Take your time. We were just talking about how to buttonhole and come up with the legitimate and the illegal economic activities of a lot of people that serve us at the local, state, and federal levels. And uh, tomorrow, John, on our show, we're going to do a story tomorrow morning, and we're writing about a way. People are asking me all the time, how can we hold these elected officials accountable for all of their wrongdoing, especially those that don't support the enforcement of the rule of law? What can we do about it? And so we were talking about that in context now, I, I told everybody at the beginning of the show you were going to join us, and I gave them kind of a skinny background on what Louisiana is facing regarding the Dominion election voting systems. Why don't you break it down in detail for us?
6: Well, let, I'll just give you a few basics because there's so many people that know more than I do. But look, let's start first about what is Dominion, and this is what we know about them. Uh, Colonel Phil Walsh, 30-year Army combat veteran, He's a nationally recognized expert in election cybersecurity, and he is one of the foremost national and international experts on digitally elected elections. And he says, look, who is Dominion?" He says that the uh, Communist Party owns the private equity firm whose board controls Dominion, And the Communist Party owns the private equity firm whose board controls Dominion.
0: Hey, John, gets- John, about every other word, you're we're losing you there. Do you have a bad connection?
6: Do you want me to call you? on? Let me call you on a hard line right
0: now. Call me right back on a hard line. Senator John Milkovich of Louisiana, and if you didn't hear what he said there, he was explaining who Dominion is. Dominion is owned. It was purchased, controlling interest purchased by a uh, private equity firm that is owned by the Chinese government. Let's see if we got him back here.
6: Okay, are you, can, is this clearer?
0: Yeah, we got you clearer now. Go ahead.
6: Good, I'm so sorry. But anyway, who is Dominion? Colonel Phil Waldron is a nationally recognized expert, 30-year decorated Army combat veteran, extensive experience, cyber computer operations, is, is working with a federal intelligence efforts, uh, military intelligence efforts. And this is what he says about Dominion. He says that the Communist Chinese Party owns the private equity firm, whose board controls Dominion, and he says that the president of the Communist Chinese Bank is a board of directors member of the private equity firm that owns Dominion. And by the way, the only company, according to Colonel Waldron, the only company in the world that has the access to the code and testing for Dominion is in Shenzhen, China, and uh, which is a Communist Chinese party. So this is a Communist Chinese leveraged... Uh, election company that is counting votes in Louisiana. We know the other background on Dominion. We know that Dominion was the election company in use in the six battleground states where uh, millions of Americans believe the presidential election of 2020 was stolen from the American people. Of course, those states are Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. What else do we know about Dominion? We know, and this is my view. opinion, that potentially they have attempted to bludgeon their critics into silence. We know that uh, the media has reported that they filed $1.3 billion lawsuits against uh, multiple people, including Sidney Powell, Linwood, Rudy Giuliani, and I think they also filed a massive suit not only against Mike Lindell, who's exposing election fraud, but he's the owner of MyPillow. And actually, as of this month, their attorney, Andrew Parker, my pillow's attorney, Andrew Parker, states that Dominion has been sending threatening letters to individuals who simply said, Look, this is what I saw on election night. And they weren't necessarily even mentioning Dominion. But Dominion's lawyer, uh, legal counsel, has sent them letters anyway, basically saying, Shut your mouth. So this is what we know that they're communist Chinese leveraged. They were in use in the states that we are believing that uh, untoward things happened in the presidential election, and they're going after their critics to shut them
0: up. So what does that have to do with Louisiana? Tell me.
6: What it has to do with Louisiana is Senate Bill 221, brought by Senator Sharon Hewitt, former colleague of mine, uh, and I must say I did, I'm not criticizing her personally, but I disagree with this bill. SB 221 is a blueprint to force Dominion on Louisiana for the foreseeable future. We could have Dominion for years under this bill. Uh, What SB 221 does is it allows Kyle Ardwell, the Secretary of State, to give a new voting machine contract to Dominion, and there's really no effective oversight to keep him from doing it. Under this bill, he can not only select Dominion and give them a hundred million dollar contract. Under this new bill, um, there he has political cover. He handpicks a five-person committee. He Kyle Arnaud handpicks a five-person committee. One of them is his employee from the Secretary of State, and they make a recommendation. And he can now use that five-person committee to say, "Well, sure, I gave the contract to Dominion, but uh, they looked at it too." But again, the bill allows him to do it regardless of what that committee does, and he handpicked the committee. Another dangerous thing about this bill, a couple things real quickly, is under this bill, with a single stroke of a pen, Kyle Ardoin could disable the voting machines from counting votes and transfer vote counting up into cyberspace. And if you've ever been in an election or been a poll worker or even voted you realize you see those voting machines of course there's cartridges cassettes and and uh, you know digital apparatus apparatus in those machines that's how you prove an el- who counted you know who got how many votes in an election that's how if you believe an election was stolen that's the physical machinery you go to to prove whether they stole an election
0: Let me interrupt Under- you John let me interrupt you The audit that is going on by the Arizona Senate right now in Maricopa County, uh, that's Phoenix, the audit there, they were auditing by law, the Senate passed it, it was court tested, Dominion went crazy, it's their system, they didn't want it to happen, it was finally approved, they hired an outside firm, an auditing firm to come in, And they gave them at first all of the, they had massive absentee paper ballots and mail-in ballots that they were ordering. Very sophisticated, very, very, um, uh, I mean, legal, investigative kind of things. And uh, we were notified last Friday that they had finished the paper ballot stuff and they were going to issue some kind of finding on Monday, which hadn't come out yet. But listen to this. Come on. Dominion refuses to give them the passwords so that they can go into those machines and audit the election results in the machines.
6: Exactly, which means no one in America can tell who got how many votes in any election that where Dominion counts the votes, we have to trust Dominion. This communist Chinese-leverage company, this company that was in use in the contested states where people believe uh, significant fraud occurred, this company that uh, t- basically smashes people into silence with the threats or actuality of billion-dollar lawsuits.
0: I um, I spoke to one lawmaker who is good friends with Kyle Ardoin who by the way is a Republican, supposed to be very conservative, um, And confronted him last week and asked him, what in the world are you doing supporting this bill or letting this bill pass? This is going to change the election environment in our state and therefore could nationwide in the election. And Ardouin actually told him, he said, they're going to destroy me. His words, they're going to destroy me if I don't.
6: Um. You know, that's powerful language. Uh, of course, I wasn't a party to that conversation. I wasn't
0: either. I'm just reporting what this lawmaker, who I trust, is an honest person. That's what he says he was told.
6: Oh, look, that is staggering. And, you know, and, and I really have this question of Senator Hewitt, uh, and I'd love to debate her. I haven't been able to get her doing. Uh, I've asked, and I'll again and repeat publicly my request that Sharon Hewitt debate, go ahead and debate me on the merits of SB-221 but is there, this bill is so bad, it's such a setback to election integrity in Louisiana that one has to ask the question, is there a fix? Has a deal been cut or has there been a series of deals that have been cut in which, uh, you know, a few people uh, basically accumulate money, power, and control, but the people of Louisiana are once again left out?
0: Well, it, it, it I'm sad to say this, but it looks like the environment in our nation today regarding all things political, um, you know, that, that Declaration of Independence thing, um, United States government is to be of yep. the people, by the people, oh, and for goodness. the people. It isn't yep. any longer if it ever was.
6: We're in danger. Um, and, Dan, SB-221, people need to call Governor Edwards today, this is the last day, that he can veto SP-221, and so I told you that it allows Ardwan to to give the contract to Dominion again right. without it, with, but it just gives him political cover very quickly. Like I say, it allows him to transfer the, sh- disable the voting machines from counting votes and transfers into either space. I, I love the point you brought up. The point is, if the voting machines as a machine no longer tabulate the votes, how where are you going to go to prove that election's been stolen, you can't look inside the machine. You can't look at the cartridges or cassettes. You can't look at the CDs. You just have to, I guess, hire a satellite or, or you know, be part of somebody that's catapulted in space by Elon Musk so you can go ahead and check out what's happening. I mean, it, it makes it virtually impossible to prove election fraud. Also, it reduces SB 221 reduces the attorney general's oversight over the secretary of state's election proceedings, and it um, it it basically puts us in a catch-22. It makes paper ballots optional, but it has something else called a voter-verified paper record, which can, according to at least one or more analysts I've talked to, makes it easier. Um, And this is a very important point. Kyle Ardoin has been stopped twice by someone who I've never met, but I, I think is a patriot. Her name is Paula Tregray. She is the chief procurement officer or judge for the state of Louisiana, and she has stopped Kyle Ardoin in his tracks twice in February of 2018, October of 2020. Uh, excuse me. Uh, it was October of, February, I'm sorry, October of 2018 and February of 2021, Paula Tregray of the state procurement office stopped Kyle Ardoin in his tracks twice from giving contracts to Dominion. Many of you heard the reason, the reason being that it lo- appeared to some that he was rigging the bid to favor Dominion, so that basically Dominion is the only one that could get it, and she stopped it twice under this new bill, SB 221, and, and it's, it's tricky and there's a lot of references to multiple sections of the law, but my best evaluation at this point is that this new bill could stop Paula Tregray in the procurement office from stopping Kyle Ardwan or anybody else from rigging the bid to give it to Dominion. So this is a this is a blueprint. Allows Kyle Ardwan to choose them. Again, it gives him political cover for doing it. It stops us from stopping him. It gives him a green light to potentially sculpt the bid to favor this company, Dominion. And and what doesn't it do? It doesn't do this bill doesn't do any of the things that we really need done. It doesn't fire Dominion. Oh, by the way, the SB 221 does allow companies that are owned up to twenty four point nine 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 percent to count votes in Louisiana. They can be controlled by the Commerce Chinese up to 24.9%, and that's legal under the bill. But the bill does not fire dominion, does not have an outright prohibition of foreign companies from running our elections. It does not give us secure paper ballots. It doesn't do what you mentioned. It doesn't give us a right to the codes the access, the security clearances, the, the computer digital codes and testing, to get inside those machines and see who, how many, how many votes each candidate actually received. We, it still gives us no access or right to uh, ability to uh, audit, expect, or examine these machines. It does not ex- respect the role of the legislature in ensuring election integrity. And listen, I fault the legislature. There was some heroes that stood up against this, but there was too many Louisiana legislators that went along with the plan and voted for this horrible bill.
0: John, we're both from Louisiana, and the best explanation I've been able to give people that have <laughs> asked me why, how do you know? What do you think? You know why do you think all this? I tell them this: we're from Louisiana. When something quacks and it waddles, it's always yep. a duck. There you go. Jesus said. The love of money is the root of all evil, and whenever you have sure. a question about the yeah. whys and the reasoning, yeah. you can almost every time follow the money. Yep, love of money.
6: Okay. Yep. It, Sen- it does. Yeah, and I, I mean, I now this is what we know: is Dominion throwing money around in Louisiana? I believe the answer is yes. How do we know that? Uh, Hayride, political magazine, supposed to be conservative. They have publicly admitted in an editorial that they published that they were approached by Dominion with an advertising offer. Dominion, They, they said that Dominion offered them at least $1 million. So we know they're throwing money around. Uh, we need to get a lot better transparency. I think every legislator ought to be required under oath to state how much money they're getting from any of the election companies, the amount, the dates, the payments. And that applies to the Secretary of State's office, every employee of the Secretary of State's office.
0: But John, here's uh, what here's what we here's what we face in that regard. The people that determine that are the people that possibly, and if there is wrongdoing, probably are caught up in the wrongdoing. So they're not going to turn the lights on so people can see their illegalities. Uh, it's going to have to come from the outside some way, which would mean a department of justice maybe, or somebody like that. And then when you put that in context, we think we're very certain that political law enforcement entities are involved in all of this stuff. So it's an evil plot and we just don't know who's in it. But again, it's waddling and it's quacking. It's a duck.
6: Listen, that's a brilliant summary. Uh, Minister Newman. Not everybody <laughs> knows you like I do. He, pre- this this guy that you're listening to, he preaches every Monday morning, uh, or excuse me, every weekday morning at six o'clock. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's it's a catch twenty two, and so if these people are control of the process, do we have to depend upon them to to whistle blow on themselves? And what ha- happens to whistleblowers? I mean, that's highly dangerous. Yes. Um, you know, it, that's that's really in. Uh, Potentially, you're jeopardizing your own lifespan as someone that really blows inside of the blows whistle. Well, you mentioned
0: um, you mentioned the term. Um, it's catch twenty two.
6: Yeah. And she, what? Je- and I love what Jeff Crewer said uh, several weeks ago. He said, "If if our elections are rigged, how are we ever going to elect good people? And how are we going? The problem is we don't know who's getting elected. We yeah. don't know who's winning these elections. Yeah. We get numbers." that are given to us, that are tabulated, as far as I can tell, they're tabulated by Dominion, on software programmed by Dominion, and uh, on software programs that may or may not be honest, that could potentially be corrupted, rigged, or altered. And then, okay, so let's check them. What would we have to do to go to Shenzhen, China? and file suit in communist China and try to force them to give us the election. Good luck with that one. Yeah. I think there's a real simple remedy, and the legislature could fix this. And I'll tell you, people, you need to be calling the governor today and tell him to veto 221. But you also need to go talk to your legislators who voted this. And look, there, there's some honest people that made a mistake and voted for this. But you say, why in the world are we using an election company that for that – won't even get that will refuses to give us any transparency and the potential there of abuse and corruption is so horrendous so what happens if people want to get elected Do they is there under the table amounts that have to be paid to this election company or that election company is that something is that a revenue source for election companies that augments whatever money they get from state government um, and i keep i just keep getting back to this we need to be able to do a comprehensive forensic digital audit of our voting systems and our recent elections as far as i'm concerned let's go back a decade and see if dominion actually counted these these votes correctly and if they refuse to give us the code we ought to have a law passed that said they're done the, tomorrow the next day
0: there you go you either
6: give us the codes or you're out of you know you're kicked out we're going to give you the louisiana boot
0: john do you have the number people need to call
6: you know what? Let me. I hate you ask that because I
0: well, don't that right Well, you want me. us to call. You gotta tell us
6: the. Oh, number I know to it. Call. Let me. Let me. <laughs> let me see if I can pull that
0: up. And... We want to call the governor's office and listen. Even if you don't live in Louisiana, this could probably and possibly impact you because dominion is very stealthily moving around the nation and taking over state election systems and they're throwing money around john just told you about now hey right it's a very little bitty state periodical and dominion offers them an advertising budget of a at least a million dollars that's a lot of money in this state for a little bitty advertising entity folks
6: uh, yeah, it's staggering, and it, what it shows us is that they're willing to go. Um, you know, I don't know. I guess green is the environmental moment uh, movement of the. Uh, and, and listen, we're all. I'm an environmentalist. You're an environmentalist. We want to take care of it. But this is sure. a. This is a political ecosystem in which uh, there's a danger of cash uh, exercising undue influence. Let me let me pull this up. Really if, if you
0: don't have it now and you can't grab it real quick, send me a text, and before we leave the air, we'll pass it along.
6: There we go. Let me see if I can pull it up right now. And if I can't, I'm going to get out of your way. Uh, but listen, I appreciate you taking on this issue because we uh, – And and today is the last day that Governor Edwards convened veto the bill. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and text you that number, my friend. Okay. And listen, thank you for what you're doing. You're doing a great job for the people of Louisiana and really for for Americans. Thank you, John. Hey, God bless you, brother.
0: You too. Call us anytime. Thank you, buddy. Bye-bye. As the sum of each
1: generation before it, the next generation Corvette stands alone. ...as the new standard of precision and performance. Of engineering and technology. Of everything that makes an icon an icon. And a Corvette a Corvette.
5: Welcome to Burger King. Can I take your order, please?
3: I'm here for the most wanted.
5: Sorry,
2: sir. Can you repeat that?
3: The gang known as the Western Whopper.
2: Ah, you mean our new Texas barbecue beef bacon and sweet Carolina Whoppers, right? Yes, I need them now. Try the new Texas barbecue beef bacon or I'll taste the honey mustard
6: sauce on our sweet Carolina Whoppers at your nearest BK today. Burger King,
2: have it your
6: way.
1: Have you ever wanted to learn a new language like French, Spanish, or Russian, but thought it would be too difficult and time-consuming? Then go to Babbel.com and try it for free. Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you will actually use. In 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel uses a modern conversation-based technique that makes language engaging, fun, and memorable. language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at babel.com Just go to babel.com and start learning a new language today. That's babel.com
2: B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Somebody give me a bass line.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> Check. Check. Ooh, Check. I like this song. I think we missing something, though. We want to thank Senator... John Milkovich, for giving us a call and giving us that update on the Louisiana SB-221 bill passed by the House and the Senate, laying on President John Bell Edwards' desk in Baton Rouge regarding this New Dominion fiasco that it looks like the people of Louisiana are going to have to deal with, and we're trying to keep it from happening. He said he's going to send us the direct line of that number, and so... um, I just popped up. Here's what we're going to do, folks. You want to call down there with me? You want to call and listen in as we collectively call and talk to whoever we can get on the phone down there um, to see if we can tell them about our thoughts on this particular bill. Let's try this. The phone number is 225-342-7015. Let's give it a whirl. One ringy-dingy. Governor John Bellow office. How can I help you? Hi, ma'am. My name is Dan Newman. I'm calling from Bossier City. I'm a Louisiana voter. I'd like to speak to somebody in the governor's office about the pending possible... um, veto of that senate bill i think it's sb 221 is there somebody i can speak to
6: yes what is your concern sir
0: i just want to see where the governor stands on i think the last day to uh, veto it is today and if he doesn't it'll become law i just want to talk to whoever can give me some information about timing
2: right well there's no
6: certain time on it when he signs it it'll be posted
0: so you don't know if he's going to or not that's correct And when will it be posted? Isn't today the last day? Um, I'm not sure when he received it. Do you know the date that he received it? Ma'am, I do not. I was told today was the last day, and I just wanted to speak to somebody there about my concerns about the bill before he considers signing it.
2: Okay, and
6: this is the governor's office, so if you're asking him to, whatever your support is, you can leave that message.
0: How do I do that, ma'am?
6: You call... (laughs) This is the governor's office. This is where you call and make your statement.
0: Okay. I'm ready to make a statement to somebody. Go ahead, sir. I'm a voter in northwest Louisiana, and I have a lot of other voters in Louisiana that are very concerned about the pending SB 221 bill, which will basically turn over our election system if the bill is signed into law to a 40%-owned Chinese company You're Uh, against it or you're in support of it? I'm dead set against it. Okay. Thank you for your call, sir. Thank you. She didn't really seem happy to talk to me about that. (laughs) And I just wanted to get somebody on his staff that could uh, have an intelligent conversation. Obviously, I'm assuming they're getting a few other phone calls about it. And uh, they're not real excited about talking to people. She said she didn't know if this was the last day. I was told it is the last day. So I'm going to check on that, and I'll get back to you. But that number again, and I want you to call. The number again is area code 225-342-7015. 225-342-7015. And there's a toll-free number, too. Write this down. 866-366-1121. That's 866 366 1121. That's directly to Governor Edwards' office in Baton Rouge. And the bill number is SB221. SB221. Please make the phone call and uh, just be very nice and just tell him you're dead set against his signing the bill into law. You think it's bad for the state of Louisiana. In fact, you're positive. Because it will take our rights to even be able to audit elections after they happen. Because that's exactly what's going on right now in a big, 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 big state, Arizona, with a whole lot more voters than we have here in Louisiana. And their Senate passed it, brought in. It was fought in court. Dominion fought it in court. They didn't want this audit to happen. It was approved by the court. They brought in an audit company. They're in the process of finishing all of the paper and absentee ballot auditing. And the last piece, and probably the most important piece, is to be able to audit the online votes uh, that were, you know, hooked up in the network that connected all of those voting machines. And Dominion will not give them the passwords to access to audit those votes. And the justification Dominion is giving is those passwords and that software is our property, intellectual property it's called, and they're refusing to do that. And you can bet your bippy if we go with the Dominion system like is pending right now, that's exactly what's going to happen here. We're losing control of our nation because we're losing control of our elections. The only voice we have as Americans and the determination of what is and what isn't allowed in our governance is our votes. I mean, we can call and talk to him. You just heard a, a live phone call where I called the governor's office. By the way, he's a friend. He's not a good friend. I haven't known him personally, but he sat in my office with his wife for more than an hour discussing politics with me, trying to get me to support him. And you heard how his secretary or one of his people responded to me. Very, very curt, and I understand that. I do. I understand that. So anyway, we've got a couple of more things that I don't want to get away this day without filling you in on. Have you been struggling with the differences, the realities of this wokeness, this whiteness and this critical race theory thing? I I have. And I've read a lot on it, folks. I just can't get my arms around what it all means. I understand what it is. But I don't understand what it all means. But you can breathe easier now because a Penn State sociologist yesterday came up with the discussion, the definition, and explained to us whiteness in the context of critical race theory. Take a listen for yourself.
3: People, white people have been like uh, we're oppre- oppressors. Yes. You know, yeah. Arrogant really confident or certain, um, defensive and, and, and dumb, like white people are dumb, right? That's the, that's a message. Like white people are dumb. That is a key message right there. Part of what they're talking about, like that maybe us as white men need to just acknowledge more how easy life is for us, right? Maybe that's part of it. It's just like acknowledge how easy it is for us. And in a way, if you think about it, so now I'm going to actually speak more. That In a way, that's kind of what that Coca-Cola thing is getting at. It's really asking white people, hey, can you just like just acknowledge in some, certain, some kinds of ways like, I don't know, life. like Yeah, just like the that the, the you as white people in a white dominant culture just have a different experience than other people. I think that kind
0: of goes without acknowledgement, don't you? I mean, there are 330 million of us folks in the United States. And so why do they feel it is necessary to put us all in these baskets or buckets or whatever you want to call it? I don't know. I don't care. They want to point out collectively our differences rather than those things we share in commonality. I wasn't around in World War II. I wasn't born until 53. But I've heard all the stories. My dad, my dad was on the Navy ship in the Pacific. The one that went to was the first one to go to um, the wreck where that USS Indianapolis was shot, was sunk by a Japanese sub. They were carrying and they carried the atomic bombs that uh, were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And their secret mission was so secret, nobody knew where they were. They weren't lost when they were sunk. Nobody knew, and so the sharks devoured most of those sailors that were in the water, I believe, for three days. My dad was there. He wasn't in Europe. He didn't tell me all of the firsthand stories there, but I heard a lot about the tenor, the atmosphere among Americans on his ship and others who he interfaced with during his service in the uh, U.S. Navy. And the commonality, the common theme was it wasn't about skin color. It wasn't about ethnicity. It ev- it wasn't even about uh, where you were from geographically in the United States. All that mattered, folks, you were an American. And you were in the middle of an attack, a war, from two nations on opposite sides of the world. Think about it. Adolf Hitler in Europe and the Japanese Army in Southeast Asia in the military, Japanese, bombed Pearl Harbor. There was no aggression on the part of the United States. They initiated World War II, at least in the Pacific Theater, by bombing Pearl Harbor. And so back then, there was no conversation about how much money you had, what family you came from, where you lived, what state, what job you had, did you go to college? what your skin color was and what you had in the bank when you left, there were no conversations about that. They were united under one thing. I'm an American. I'm an American. I'm from the United States of America. And you didn't say back then, you didn't need to. Everybody understood. There was no reason for this because if you were from the United States, you were one people. You weren't from the United States and, oh, by the way, Uh, I'm an African-American female that identifies as being transgender. That wasn't required. And it wasn't about pointing at the differences. Were there gay people in the military? I'm sure there were. There were white people. There were African-Americans. There were Asian people. And oh, by the way, the president then put a bunch of Asians on the West Coast in concentration camps thousands. That was an egregious act, in my opinion. But nevertheless, for all Americans, there was one thing that we united around, and that was freedom and justice, the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. All of those things, that was one commonality that we all shared. And we united around that, and that was good enough for everybody. That is no longer the case. There's a whole generation and now one coming up right behind that other one. Their modus operandi is to find the differences between us, point all of those differences out, and turn them into a big deal, every one of them. And they're more important than the commonalities, according to that Penn State sociologist. Listen again. People,
3: White people have been like, uh, we're oppre- oppressors. Yes. You yeah. Know, arrogant, really confident, yeah. or certain, um, defensive, and 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 dumb. Like white people are dumb, right? That's the that's a message. Like white people are dumb. That is a key message, right there. Part of what they're talking about. Like that maybe us as white men need to just. Acknowledge more how easy life is for us, right? Maybe that's part of it. It's just like acknowledge how easy it is for us. And in a way, if you think about it, so now I'm going to actually speak more that in a way, that's kind of what that Coca Cola thing is getting at. It's really asking white people, hey, can you just like just acknowledge in some certain, some kinds of ways, like I don't know, life, like yeah, just like the, that the, the you as white people, in a white dominant culture, just have a different experience than other people.
0: Yeah, we do, we have a different experience. It's because cultures are not required to be identical. We're not required to each of us, we don't make demands. We don't require Hispanics to adopt our sociological desires, our modus operandi for the way we live, our culture. We don't adapt everything to try to be consumed by the exact same things from every segment of our society. We actually trumpet our diversity. And for decades, even longer than that, since the 1700s, people in America wanted to have one common cause, one common banner, one common government. Yes, we were individual, but we wanted to praise, recognize, enforce... Support all those of different colors, different religions, different ethnicities. That was the thing that made us who we are as a nation. We were known as the melting pot. What does that mean? Every person from every different country was invited here to come here legally to immigrate to the United States and agree, go through some classes learn some things about our culture, about our nation, about our history, and then make a determination, and then raise your right hand, put your left hand on a Bible, and swear an oath as a U.S. citizen. And that oath was to embrace the commonalities, not embrace the differences, not point to all of the differences you have with other Americans, and weaponize the individuality rather than enforce the things that make us one. That's long gone, and it is certainly ramping up under this administration. It is ramping. It's up at levels now I don't don't think we've ever seen before. I haven't seen them before. I mean, it is downright hatred, folks. It is hatred, and that's a horrible thing. We, we We are doing it ourselves, and we're teaching our kids That hating people that are different from you is not only okay, it's become mandatory. You can't unite, you can't find commonality, you can't agree with, you can't get along with people unless you make them, you coerce them, you make them become thinking and accept all of our ideals. That's a prerequisite for being accepted in our society. That's horrible, but that's the way we're headed. That's exactly what's on the table right now. Are we going to allow it? I hope not. But I can only be one of 330 million, right? I hope that's not where we go. What about you? What do you have going on the rest of the day today? You got big things on your uh, on your plate? Listen, we talk about a lot of contentious things here at TNN Live. Why do we do that? We dig in and find the good and the bad. We hear a lot about what's good out there, but not so much about the things that are bad, even though the things that are bad are just as important as the things that are good. Why? We need to draw distinction between the two so everybody recognizes and learns the facts with which we can make determination of how to respond. That's why we do it. But I want to caution you as we leave the show today. Don't let all of this contentiousness, don't let it get in your mind and destroy. You don't want to get despondent. You don't, and there's no need to do that. There's an answer, and it comes from the answerer. God is the God of everything and everybody. So when you're tempted to be consumed by fear and uncertainty and unknowns, Don't let it happen. Bow your head. Do it privately. You don't have to do it publicly. And just ask God to give you peace, to help you work through, help you understand not only the issues, but that he's got the solutions for the issues at heart, and he's got your best, best in heart, in mind, and he's going to make those things available to us all. Thank you so much for being here every day. Don't forget, tomorrow, big story, big show. We're going to weigh in to what we as citizens can do to hold our elected officials accountable when they refuse to do what? Enforce the law. The laws that our government has passed and they committed to enforce themselves. Have a great Wednesday. We'll see you Thursday, tomorrow morning here at TNN Live.
2: Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the Slippin', slippin'